This episode may contain themes that are unsettling for some listeners and includes dialogue that is inappropriate for children under 14. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey guys, so um, we have a trigger warning um, later on in this um, episode, um, but we didn't realize um, the severity of the story until after reading it, because we don't really read the stories first, which we probably should start doing now. Um, But I just wanted to come back on here and uh, give an extra trigger warning for rape, sexual assault, on babies and you know younger people um so if this is something that you definitely don't want to hear it's pretty graphic um the whole story it's the whole first story and it's about seven or eight minutes long so if you just want to skip past that once work kind of starts getting into it um you know that's completely fine we just wanted to make sure that you guys were going to be okay listening to it or, you know, just if you needed to skip over it. So, um, this is the official trigger warning for the first story. Hey, juicers. I'm Brooke. And I'm Melissa. And this is... For God's sake... Don't drink the Jones juice. Welcome back to episode seven of our listener juice. Hi. Um compilation yes or uh (laughs) something (laughs) i don't know welcome back to listener juice guys it's been a hot minute yes it has been a hot minute since we've done one so we can just dive on into it because you probably heard enough of our banter last episode anyway we are happy to be back so i'm gonna go ahead and get on in it wait i gotta pause it I don't even know what I was saying. Well, um, I had to pause it because I had a cough, so. Oh, are you, are we recording? I said I'm unpausing. Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. We're both very coffee today. I choked on water. I choked on cat her. Cat her. <laughs> cat her. Grandfather. Grandfather. I said that the other day, too. I don't know why. I was reading something and I said grandfather. Grand- okay, never mind. All right. Anyway, hey, you guys. You said it again? I think I did. Like multiple times. <laughs> grandfather. Just always say grandfather. All right. I'm sure you're tired of us by now. So let's go ahead and do this. Okay. Okay, so first story of the evening comes from Miss Abby. Hey, girl. Hey. Hello. And it starts, yellow, it's me again. Every time I write you guys, I feel like I'm about to say, dear Slim, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. Okay, enough with my lame sense of humor. Let's get down to business. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Trigger warning for sexual assault and violence. Uh Uh-oh. If this is something that offends you, please turn us off now. Or skip 15 seconds like three times yeah or something so it begins so this is a true crime story about my mom my family is pretty messed up and my mom went through a lot when she was growing up 
So you guys remember about my mom having a sister who died, right? I do. Okay, well, she also had a brother. My mom was the youngest and her brother was the oldest. I'm not going to use their real names just because it's pretty personal and gruesome. Oh, gosh, poor Abby. Seriously. She has had so much go on in that life. So sorry. Mm-hmm. So let's just call my Uncle Joe and my mom, Anna. My grandmother, my mom's mom, didn't stay with my mom's real dad and remarried soon after. And my mom, Anna, gained some stepbrothers in addition. In addition to my uncle and aunt, she's related to by blood. Their names and ages aren't really relevant. My mom was about seven when my grandmother remarried, and Uncle Joe was not happy about this marriage and essentially took his anger out on my mom. Uh Uh-oh. He was eight years older than my mom, making him 15. He was a problem child and often got in trouble at school, etc. What people didn't know was that behind closed doors in his bedroom, which was in their basement, he sexually assaulted my mom every single day he was home, starting at the age of seven. Oh, my God. Oh, God, that's so sad. He threatened her and raped her along with forcing her to do things to him. Oh, my gosh. That is absolutely <clears throat> horrific. He would blast music and make her hold on to a stuffed elephant, and she would scream into it while he was behind her. Oh, my God. Absolutely terrible. This is so sad. Joe was already into hard drugs at this point, and when my mom got a little older into her preteen years of 12 to 13, he would force her to get high with him. My mom, Anna, was in such a deep depression at this point, she just did whatever she could to block her trauma out. Uh, Yeah, I would bet. She tried telling my grandmother of the abuse, but she didn't believe her. She tried telling her stepbrothers of the abuse, and they didn't either. It's so crazy to me, like, how... Why would you not believe someone that says that? I don't know. Like, I know somebody in particular who told their mom about something happening to them. And, and, well, it's not... I don't know if they didn't believe this person or if they just didn't want to deal with it because that kind of thing back then was just so hush hush Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. disgusting the only one who believed my mom was my aunt lisa who i've spoken about before and another listener juice but she was only about two years older than my mom and scared of him too the abuse went on until my mom was 14 and joe had finally moved out and started to get in trouble with the law but this left my mom emotionally damaged and traumatized This was in the 80s, and she was just scared to death to tell anyone and felt hopeless about telling anyone because her own mother didn't believe her. This is when my mom became hard into drugs and after being introduced introduced to them by him. She was put into rehab at 15 when my grandmother found her passed out on her bed with needles hanging out of her arm. Yet my grandmother still didn't believe that the abuse occurred, and that that, that was the reason for all of this. Immediately after my mom got out of rehab, she got pregnant with my older brother, and my aunt was getting even more sick. She died three years later. My mom was able to stay sober through the pregnancy, but not after. She went down a pretty bad path when my brother was younger, and my Uncle Joe was never punished for what he did to her. He did, however, finally go to prison for fraud when my mom was about 17, and while in prison, he wrote my mom a letter basically apologizing for what he did to her and claiming he was, quote, possessed by the devil. Hmm. Interesting. My mom showed this letter to my grandmother and her stepbrothers, and while her stepbrothers finally believed her, my grandmother didn't have much to say. 
Joe has been in and out of prison and has since robbed my grandparents on more than one occasion, but yet my grandmother still has a lot of contact with him and has even asked me to lie to my mother about him being around, and I quote, because it wouldn't, it would be such an argument with my mom and she didn't feel like being attacked or having to referee. Well, that's disgusting. That's terrible. Of course, I didn't lie. My grandmother still had him around me without my mom's knowledge on many occasions in my life. And once when I was 12, I found photos he took on his camera of my butt while I was wearing a bathing suit at my grandparents' house. Oh, God. God. What a sicko. Also, he ended up having a daughter, my cousin, and when she was a baby, he kidnapped her from her mom and took her across state lines, and when her mom finally found her and picked her up, she found that he had jacked off on my baby cousin's private parts and put the diaper on her and just left it there. Excuse me while I go vomit. Oh, What a disgusting... I hope he's in prison for life now. This is sickening. This is like... Um... Very, very disturbing story. I'm so sorry that this has gone on in your family. This is very graphic. Very, very graphic. Oh, goodness. Um, okay. My cousin's mom never allowed him to see her again, but she was, she too was on drugs, so she did not call the police. So yet again, he got away with it. My mom is still triggered every time she finds out that my grandmother is talking to him and letting him go over to her house, which my mom lives next door to. Oh my gosh. I don't even have words. She has a lot of resentment over it and I don't blame her. I feel like I have secondhand resentment on her behalf. Yeah. My cousin never had any contact with Joe again, but she's an adult now and he tries to talk to her, but she's not interested and for good reason. This man has never been punished for what he's done to my family. And I honestly blame him for my mom's addiction issues she had when me and my brother were younger. My entire family would be different if it weren't for him. My mom's stepbrothers don't talk to her. They basically cut out my mom and me and my brother out of their lives because they just associate us with quote drama and they don't want to be involved with a complicated situation. It's made my mom out to be the black sheep and therefore us as well. My mom and I have a lot of issues, but she's a survivor. Survivor. She still to this day hates stuffed elephants and the type of music he'd make her listen to. Seven years of nonstop horrific abuse with no justice served and multiple lives affected negatively. I don't hate people, but I hate him. Thanks for reading. Love always, Abby. Well, what a disgusting piece of human garbage. Wow, Abby. Gosh, Abby, like, I love you, dude. Like, I feel for you so much. Like, I just, she's one of the ones that has sent several true Mm -hmm. crime stories to us. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, like, Abby's, like, the sweetest person in the whole entire world. Mm -hmm. You know, she went to church with me um, a few weeks back. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Gosh, she's such an, like, awesome soul. Well, from what I can see on Facebook and stuff, she seems really, really nice. She is. She's a sweetie. Wow, that is... um, probably we'll have to record more in the beginning and give an extra trigger warning because that was pretty graphic i've like literally just like got i have goosebumps all over my arms right now because i just thought of one line in there that really has like scarred me yeah yeah okay well um recouping over here i'm Mm -hmm. a little triggered Mm -hmm. okay um that was honestly like worse than a lot of the stuff we read online. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's just because it's somebody that we interact with 
or whatever i don't know mm. okay um i guess i'll read another one <laughs> um okay hi ladies my name is kenzie big fan of the podcast hey kenzie hello the story i have for you isn't mine it's my brother's but i was in the house during the the time of all of this happening with that being said this is a long one so i'm going to jump straight into it the house we grew up in is in jersey georgia small town with lots of history our house was very old and in the middle of bumble f nowhere <laughs> my brother was fairly young when he started talking about the hallway man and closet man oh god no oh, no i'd say he was in between the ages of two and four the closet man was his favorite he always spoke so good about him he described him as an african-american male in a nice suit my brother was still in a bed with rails but that didn't stop the closet man from playing with him during the night my brother would always giggle when he was around never scared my brother once You'd think being at such a young age and a man in your closet coming out at night would be scary, but to each their own, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Back to the closet man playing with him, and I mean physically play with him, bouncing balls would be bouncing across the floor at 3 a.m., and my brother loved it. Oh, yeah, good times. Yeah, um, scary. (laughs) The hallway man was the complete opposite. My brother screamed when he saw him. The hallway man showed up at any time of the day or night, but only in the hallway. My brother described him as an older Caucasian man. He never gave much more detail about him besides the fact he was terrifying. Mm. One day, my family and I were going through old pictures from our elders. My brother instantly started crying and saying that the hallway man was there. Oh my God. My parents asked him to show us and he pointed to a picture of our great grandfather. Mm that's sad yeah a couple of weeks go by maybe longer and either my mom or dad noticed that the attic door was open it was such an old house that it was just a cut in the ceiling with a piece of wood you pushed up to access the attic that was already weird but it gets weirder my dad decided to climb up there and see what was up there because nobody had been in there for so long a half ripped very very old picture was lying up there I know it sounds like something from paranormal activity, but this happened in 2005, I believe. The picture was of the closest guy along with an older white man. Oh, of the closet (laughs) closet guy. (laughs) The picture was of the closet guy along with an older white man, and you'll never believe who it was. My great-grandfather. Oh, my God. Yeah. Literally crazy. Literally crazy. This was also the time my mom met her ghost, who still to this day lives with us. But that's for another time. I hope you enjoyed this and are interested to hear about Katie as well. Yeah. Yep. We, we want to hear about to. Katie. <laughs> who is Katie? Oh, God. Send us Katie's story. Okay, so Closet Man and Hallway Man were in a picture together. I wonder why they're absolute opposites and still around. What are they doing? and why is the great-grandfather terrorizing the boy right good lord all right our next story comes from jillian 
Um, and it says, let me just say, I love this podcast. I listen in the car while I'm cleaning and anytime I have free time. I joined the group when you guys started and just recently was able to start listening. I've listened to every episode over the span of the last two weeks. And I just wanted to say you guys are doing a great job. That's thank so awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. This story has some holes in it and may not be suitable for listener juice, but it is interesting and I have never attempted to research it myself, so there may be information, more information out there, but I will tell you what I've learned about it so far. It's always suitable for listener juice. Always. <laughs> my family is predominantly from here in Covington, Georgia, and growing up, my mom used to tell a story about her cousins, Tommy and Wayne Henderson. Their dad was Charles, but went by C.F., they were murdered when she was seven in 1961. Wow. I had only ever heard her say, or I'd only ever heard hear say stories. Hearsay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I had only ever heard hearsay stories about the murder until October of last year. I had added myself to a Facebook page called Covington, Georgia and things I remember back when I've seen that page. This page is mainly for older people who like to reminisce about things in Covington that are no longer here. It was interesting to see the old pictures and hear stories, so I would check out the page every now and then. Last October, someone had attended a Henderson family reunion, which prompted them to post on the page that they had been reminded of the murders of the two boys, and if anyone had any info on it to please share. From various comments and news articles from people who did remember, I was able to piece together the story. In late 1961, Tommy and Wayne decided to go to the Moonlight Drive-In Moonlight Drive-In to see a movie with the plans of meeting a girl there. From what I've heard, the Moonlight Drive-In was a popular spot to hang out back then, and it's still open today. The girl's name was Dorothy Sue Bradford, and Wayne had a crush on the girl. They had been to the drive-in together before the summer before the summer before this happened. She was 14. She was going to meet the two at the Moonlight Drive-In for the movie. C.F. would say he remembered walking into Wayne's room before he left to tell him goodbye and that he sat his guitar down on the bed and told his dad that he loved him. <clears throat> Excuse me. They never saw him again. I'm not sure of the exact order of events, but Tommy, Wayne, and their friend Mike Flanagan were lured away from the moonlight drive-in by Dorothy. Ooh, gosh. 14-year-old. So she's um, not a good girl. No. She came up to the car with the with two other men and said, do what these boys say or they will kill you. Ooh. They were taken to a car and driven through a clearing south of town. Evidently, this girl had a fiance who had heard that Wayne had a crush on this girl and had also been intimate with her. The fiance's name was Charles Bird, and he was 20 years old. Ooh. He also had a brother with him named Richard, who was 14. Once in the clearing, the boys and their friend, Mike, were told to line up next to each other on their knees. Charles and his brother both had shotguns in tow. Oh, this is devastating. This really is. Wow, I'm going to have to research this. Me too. The next part is something that is not mentioned in the articles, but I've always heard when being told the story, and I think this is the saddest part. Oh, I'm, I'm dreading this. Yeah. This, these are some horrible stories, guys. Seriously. <laughs> but, I mean, thank you. Thank we you. Yes, and you delivered. Yeah. The oldest brother, Wayne, asked that if they really planned on killing them, if he would please kill him first so he would not have to watch them kill his little brother. Oh, oh gosh. It was then that they pointed the shotgun at Tommy, the younger brother, and killed him. Oh, what assholes. They then shot Wayne and wounded Mike, but he was able to take off through the woods to try to find help. 
he was able to find a house where a man named Jerry Kirkpatrick lived, who called the police. I'm not sure how it was found out, but the bodies of Tommy and Wayne were found dumped in a well on Tucker Mill Road in Conyers. Oh, gosh. Wow. The two bodies were shackled together with uh, leg irons. Oh, my gosh. gosh. I've never heard this. This is awful. The bodies were retrieved by a fireman named Lieutenant Wallace. With Mike Flanagan's help, they were able to arrest the brothers Charles and Richard as well as Dorothy. They all went to trial separately. Dorothy's lawyer said that the girl was in just as much danger as the boys and was lucky to be alive. Ooh, I don't know about that. Dorothy seems kind of um, shady. Shady. She only served seven years at Hardwick Prison and was released. Charles Bird pled guilty, but only served 14 years at Reedsville and was then released with a new identity in another state. Gross. No way. Awful. 14 years. The youngest brother, Richard, was murdered while serving time in Alto. Oh, well, that sucks. Mean karma. (laughs) To me, I don't think it was justice for these boys or their family, and I know that this impacted the families as well as the town, as it was one of the most heinous murders to happen to the people in Covington at the time. I think that Mike's survival played a key part in solving the case. Absolutely. Definitely. Another very sad part of this story is that the boy's father, CF, never truly recovered, and he also lost his daughter to cancer before passing away in 2013. He was 91 and had outlived all four of his children. That is so sad. I've heard that Wayne's guitar stayed in the same place he had left it on his bed until CF's passing. Wow. Break my heart in two. I know. I hope you enjoyed this story if you had never heard it. I did not know much about it until this post was made on this Facebook's page. I will include the links to the article and screenshots I have of the comments with information from the post. I hope it wasn't too long. No. But she did uh, give us some links from the paper and uh, some screenshots from this group. So, wow. Never, ever heard that. And I am just like blown away right now yeah i've never heard that either wow yeah i mean i'm sitting here kind of glancing through these screenshots that's crazy whenever i hear stuff like that about um things that happened forever ago like Mm -hmm. where we live it's always so just haunting i know yeah never heard that that's that's crazy thank you jillian yes thank you for sending that Mm -hmm. all right are we ready Mm -hmm. all right um trying to see if um okay yes this person wants to be named okay so this is from um elizabeth brewer hey y'all so i have a few stories but this is my favorite in 1996 we bought one of the old mill houses on cannon drive in social circle the house was built in 1904 It was one of the ones with two front doors. It had to have a good bit of work done before we could move in. After about four months, it was close enough so we moved in. I should mention the folks we bought it from were slightly shady. So the first night we slept in the house, our bed was just in the middle of the room. The carpet was laid that day and trim was being put in the next day. My husband was doing all the work himself. He had replaced the two front doors with huge four five foot windows and had not put the locks on yet so that night we went to bed 
I about never went to sleep. I heard every creak and crack. That's how I feel in a new house. Mm -hmm. I did finally get to sleep and sometime in the middle of the night, I woke up and I could feel someone in the room. Not that I had been touched. I just knew someone was in the room. So I laid there with my eyes shut, terrified to open them and see who it was in the house. I thought some crackhead came looking for the crazies that lived there before us and just came right in them big ass windows with no locks. Oh my God. <laughs> Honestly, that'd probably be worse. Right? You almost would prefer a spirit. Yeah. So after what seemed like hours, but was really seconds, I decided I have to open my eyes so I could scream so my husband could shoot them. <laughs> All right. I took a deep breath and opened my eyes. There was this old man with long white hair and a long white beard and an engineer Uh-oh. kind of cap leaned over my bed, staring right in my face. Oh my God. Dude, he was standing there for so long, just <laughs> waiting for you to like look at him. Oh no. He's like, what is this bitch gonna look? Oh my God. I could tell it was a ghost, so I didn't scream. I shut my eyes again and, and silently prayed, Jesus, take him away from here. And I opened my eyes again, and he was gone. Good. Good job, Jesus. Thank you. I got up and walked through the house and didn't see anything else strange, so I just went back to sleep. Okay, Kim Marillo. <laughs> Seriously, like... <laughs> That's when- the shit my mom does. I don't know if it's just a demon choking me out in my sleep, but it's gone now, so good night. I'm just going to take a peek around the house and then go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, not me. Oh, my god! I would be hiding under the blankets too terrified to, like get up look around just fall back asleep in terror so that was the first time oh god (laughs) we lived there eight years and i never saw another ghost in the house they were still there though many many nights i would wake up and smell coffee brewing and pipe tobacco i would check the kitchen and of course nothing it was the ghosts when we moved in my son was four months old and when he was two to three years old walking and talking he would be playing in his room alone laughing and talking i would go in to see what he what in the world he was doing he would just be playing and talking like there was really someone there i said baby who are you talking to he said that girl Mm. there was no one there i said what girl he said mommy that girl and pointed i just figured it was an imaginary friend so went back to whatever i was doing oh my gosh on his fourth birthday on his fourth birthday his older brother when i say older i mean adult we have an interesting family (laughs) i understand because my family is kind of the same way um so anyway he was walking from the living room into the kitchen and when he got to where the hall went off into ray's bedroom he stopped and pointed and said there's a little girl i said do what (laughs) there is no girl in there he went down the hall and looked of course, no one was in there except Ray, so it wasn't his imagination. Oh. I hope it's not too long. I love to hear the stories y'all do. Oh, I'm Beth Brewer, Savannah Eldridge's mother-in-law. She sent the story a while back about the one Ray saw and left his brother James to sleep in the motor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You're on your own, bud. You can stay in here. <laughs> Y'all were so funny reading that. I wanted to say he was fine, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for updating, because we were worried. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Beth. 
hilarious. Yes, thank you for sending that. That's Good absolutely creepy. creepy. Creeper. Creeper. And thank you for the update. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember that. That was so funny. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, next story comes from Elena. And it says, I saw a ghost. It made me scared. I ran away. <laughs> With appreci- with appreciation, Elena. I love it. Thank okay. you so much, Elena. Thank you, Elena. That might have been the best story we've ever read on Listener Juice. I was a little triggered. I was very scared. I got. I, I'm. I still have goosebumps right now. I do too. I'm really afraid to drive home now because I'm. I'm scared I'll see a ghost and I'll have I to just, run away. I cannot believe she saw a ghost and ran away. Me either. Like I mean, holy crap! Why did you not call me and tell me? Oh my god, Elena! Like incredible story. Wow, just excellent. That chef's kiss. Thank you. Beautiful story. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. So now that we got that spooky story over, <laughs> God, Elena, I'm still just mind boggled. my I, boots. Whew, shooketh. Shooketh <laughs> to the core. All right. Uh, next story here comes from Ashton, and it is titled, she's like writing a book here. It's titled <laughs> Sleep Paralysis. Hey guys, I guess I'll start with the cliche, oh my god, I love you guys, and this podcast is my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it does say life, but it's true. I do love you guys and anxiously await for a new episode. Y'all are the best because not only do y'all tell true crime and paranormal stories that intrigue and pull you in, but you also speak on mental health and normalize the stereotype that surrounds it. I'm so thankful for that as I suffer with anxiety, depression, and medical PTSD. So thank you. You're welcome, Ashton. You are welcome. So now I'll get into my story. Months ago, I listened to the sleep paralysis sleep paralysis episode y'all did the entire time i was thinking how scary that must be and how i absolutely would never want that to happen to me oh god it happened to her well (laughs) fast forward to about three weeks ago i woke up and couldn't move my body or open my eyes it felt like something was holding me down because i couldn't lift my arms or legs and i was desperately trying to i could feel my heart racing And I know I was awake because I could hear my husband snoring, LOL, and the TV playing. (laughs) After what felt like five minutes of struggling, I jolted up in the bed like someone had finally let go of me. I was terrified and prayed that something like this wouldn't happen again. To make matters worse, the other night I was sleeping and it started happening again. Oh, God. See, and that was Ansley, like my daughter, um, when we I was letting her listen to the sleep paralysis episode. She's like, I'm scared if I listen to it, I'm going to have sleep paralysis. Oh, my God. When me and Ansley watched that sleep paralysis documentary, mm-hmm. both, first of all, me and Scotty watched scary movies all the time mm-hmm. and nothing scares me yeah. but that scared the hell out of you it scared me so and it scared her too yeah. and neither of one of us wanted to go to sleep and i remember going back to my bedroom and she was like what if i have sleep paralysis and i was like well there's nothing i can do about it, so. <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh gosh um okay so to make matters worse the other night i was sleeping it started happening oh did i already read that no i didn't okay it started happening again you know same process of feeling like i'm being held down not able to move etc but this time something else happened it literally felt like i astro projected out of my body Ooh, i could see my husband sleeping the tv on the hallway and the kitchen 
Then it felt like I slowly laid back down in my body and woke up. I'm a religious person, so I always search for a deeper meaning when stuff like this happens to me. But this time, I'm absolutely stuck and can't find one. Unfortunately, it keeps happening, like currently, almost every night. I get major anxiety at night because I never know what's going to happen when I go to sleep. So I want to know what you guys think and what the other listeners think. Any insight and advice will help. Thank you guys for reading and telling my story. I know it's not a typical ghosty, spoopy story. (laughs) Yes, I said that correctly. That's what it says. Spoopy? You never heard someone say spoopy? No. Ghosty, spoopy story. (laughs) But it's still terrifying. LOL. Keep doing what you guys do because I appreciate you both very much. Love you guys. Ashton. We love you too. And that's scary. (laughs) And I don't know what to say because I've never had that happen to me. Literally, she told me about that and... um. She told me she had never had it until listening to my sleep paralysis episode. And I feel really bad because I even said in the episode, like being exposed to the knowledge of sleep paralysis sometimes open you up to it. Yeah. It's so crazy. Like, it's so crazy. So I feel sorry. Really bad for her. Um, I wonder if anybody else experienced that after, you know. I don't know if if you guys have like if that if that episode like sparks something in your body and you are now experiencing sleep paralysis after never have experienced it before let us know because that's really crazy that and, this is uh, happening i'm sorry yes uh, i should have never done it i'm really sorry you can blame me but keep listening okay so this next one is called kids in the dark and um okay um growing up poor in the deep south meant sharing a lot with my little brother ollie most often we'd pass toys clothes and skin conditions between us up until he was six we even shared a bed neither of us was happy about that It was my 10th birthday when that changed. I got one present that year and it was a bed of my own. Ollie was jealous right away and I could understand why. He had to keep that half broken down frame with the worn out mattress. The one I'd gotten wasn't much better, but not being broken and worn was enough. Sleeping apart was a great feeling. It was freedom. No longer would I have to suffer the sudden and inexplicable kicks to the stomach. No longer would I wake up with Ollie's foot pressed into my neck like he'd stepped on Dracula the night before. At least that's what I'd thought. Right away, right after I got the new bed, the shriek started. At first I thought Ollie woke up in the middle of the night and screamed because he'd gotten scared. Then the second echoed through the tiny room again and I knew it wasn't a normal cry. The room was always black as pitch after sunset. Is that a way to say that? Black, black as, as pitch? pitch. I, I I don't know. I mean, I would say pitch black, but hey, I mean, I guess is pitch a color? I mean, I no black one. as pitch. Yep, it is a. I uh, just googled it, so it means totally dark without any illumination. Okay, well, bark, bl- bark? bark as bark as pitch, <laughs> black as pitch. I've never heard it said that way. Me either. The room was always black as pitch after sunset. Mm-hmm. The one window we had was pressed against a, lo- a long leaf pine and even the biggest, brightest moon cast no light inside. The shriek just about drove me crazy. 
Every night, probably at the same exact time, these sharp yelps would knock me right out of my dreams. Mm. It wasn't my mom or dad yelling either. I knew what that sounded like, believe me. Mm. Most worrying of all was the fact I could never tell where it was coming from. It seemed completely random. One night, it'd come from somewhere near the closet. The next, it'd shoot out from a corner of the ceiling. Ooh. Any hope I'd have of having my own space would get dashed every time as Ollie would silently slip into the bed with me, shaking like crazy. He'd clasp onto me and wouldn't let me go until it was almost daybreak. Most times, I'd take his hand and tell him everything was going to be okay, that it'd be over by morning, but I was never really sure. Over time, the shriek started changing. At first, it was only by small degrees, but eventually it took on the primal hooting sound of a primate calling out its fierce warning. I had to clasp pillows to my ears just to keep from going deaf. Mm. Mom and Dad never believed me or Ollie, basically because the thing, whatever it was, refused to make a peep when they were in the room. Apparently, they couldn't even hear it through the walls, even though it was damn sure loud enough. Mm. The shriek just got worse and worse until I felt like I couldn't take it anymore. Me and Ollie were doing really bad in school, and we just had no energy at all. Yeah. I could sleep more deeply with my head propped up and eyes open in the middle of class than in my own room at night. Then, thankfully, we moved out of the house nearly a year later. I had contemplated all sorts of things, even a child's clumsy concept of suicide, to get away from the horrific nightly noise. There was no problem at the next house. It was a nice white cookie cutter home on a dead end street, and I welcomed the normalcy. What's more, we moved in there was a bunk bed waiting for me and Ollie. No more broken bed, no more second bed I ended up having to share anyway. The only problem was deciding who'd get the top bunk. I told Ollie I deserved it. After all, I had gotten a new bed way back and he ruined it by climbing in every night. What? He shook his head. I never did that. I'd oh always wondered why the noise stopped the second I was sharing my bed. Now I had the answer. And that, my friends, is a creepy pasta because we couldn't get another listener juice. <laughs> <laughs> creepy. Eee. Oh my gosh. I'm scared. I'm mostly scared of Elena's story. Me too. I'm still frightened. And uh, that, that was some damn good ones this time, y'all. It really was. Um... I'm I felt a lot of anxiety with every single story yeah. literally every single one that includes you Elena yeah yeah that was that was the best one uh guys remember we like to release a listener juice once a month so send in your stories to don't drink the jones juice at gmail.com you know we stopped saying our socials we didn't say them in our last oh we suck episode, yeah. also we are on social media Alyssa's gonna tell you all about that <laughs> You can find us in our Facebook group on Facebook. Did I say a Facebook group on Facebook? <laughs> Facebook group on Facebook in the Facebook group called... For God's sake, don't drink the Jones juice. On Facebook. On Facebook, yes. It's a Facebook group on Facebook called For God's sake, don't drink the Jones juice. It's on Facebook. <laughs> in a Facebook group. Um, you can follow our Instagram at don't drink the Jones juice. Our TikTok at don't drink the Jones juice. You can buy our merch at storefrontier.com slash don't drink the Jones juice. On storefrontier.com. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> 
<clears throat> um, actually, I haven't even checked that in a long time. I wonder what's going on. Oh with my that. god, we probably like lost our store. I know. Seriously, oh, <laughs> uh, we'll check on that. No, I'm sure it's fine. But well, I I did oh. notice that we had an email that was like important notice from Store Frontier. And oh I'm shit. Like, Oh, also, I do still have some uh, Ouija board shirts at the shop that you can buy in person. How many? I don't know. I'll have to look. A few. We'll let you guys know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's all of our socials. I can't remember. No, I think that's it. Facebook group and a Facebook group on Facebook. TikTok, Instagram, Store Frontier at storefrontier.com. Okay. I think that is everything. Thanks for listening. We love you bunches. We do. For God's sake. Don't drink the gems juice.